Where in the world does that hey now come from anyway? <laughs> I I definitely stole it from Hank, Hammer and Hank and uh, the Gary Shandling show. I guess it was called the Larry Sanders show at that time. And I oh, just, funny. Uh, I just kept, I just stuck with it and I don't care. I mean, that is one of the greatest shows ever made. The first ever, I think, HBO comedy, I, the show that in uh, pre totally predicted 30 rock, curb your enthusiasm it's everything came after that show yeah it's you know i always think i always think or i always thought like is he saying this because of howard stern which would be even a more complex <laughs> reference because they're always because he's always that's like his thing too he's always like hey now <laughs> I, whatever howard stern wants to do is fine I, you know, I don't I don't follow him closely, but every time I hear him say something or I remember when he used to go on Letterman, just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so we I lived in this canyon and we didn't have um, it wouldn't have it for much of it. There's no cell service, uh, which is infuriating because you're like in a course. huge city and there's no cell service. So I would always go when I'd leave, I'd switch on the satellite radio in the morning and just, you know, cause you can get that anywhere. And you, so I would listen to Howard Stern, uh, just for at least like the first five minutes, what it took me to get down the hill. And I would <laughs> always get wrapped into it for like an hour. <laughs> And, uh, and it has a lot of staying power. Um, it's funny you were mentioning HBO. Uh, we've actually partnered with Disney Plus to give you six months free with your subscription to The Contender. Yeah, you get not only that, you get um, you can ride a dragon from uh, Game of Thrones from directly into wherever I'm fly fishing or wherever you're uh, golfing. It's no, great. not HBO, Disney Plus. Scott. Oh, Disney Plus. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, The Mandalorian. Of course. <laughs> sorry. You can ride it. Uh, for, for me, I feel like every benefit has to do with Game of Thrones, which I started to watch again a little bit of it because I didn't understand it the first time or I just watched it. I guess it's just in a weird way that everything we do now, because there's so much, um, you know, what they call like Canon, right? Like you watch Mandalorian and I just watch it purely, you know, almost, I hate to say the two screen experience. I'm like half paying attention. I enjoy, but I don't know any, I don't know what a black lightsaber is. And I was not even called that, or I just watch <laughs> when I watch game of Thrones, I, I don't know any of the, the, whatever happened before it that you're supposed to care about. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way with Mandalorian. I don't really know all the Star Wars intricate character right. stuff, prequel, blah, right. blah, blah. Um, so I'm just watching it on face value as well. It's right. it's amazing to me that like it's it's a Favreau creation. I mean, just I can't I can never not think about that guy in Swingers. He's the most powerful, brilliant human, and he couldn't uh, get it. And all he could do is swing dance and uh, <laughs> with Vince Vaughn. And, and I mean, that's. That when that movie came out, I was in college and we watched it with such great interest and his humiliations like were suffered by all. And then when you see Vince Vaughn, Trent, right, for the first time, that was just I mean, we didn't know what to do with that, the way he spoke, the way he looked, the way he dressed, the way he drank. And I, I mean, that was it's it's hard to have an experience like that now because you couldn't. I always joke too about when Scream came out and we all went to see it the day it came out. We thought it was going to be a comedy and that first scene is so intense and all of us just like we're almost in tears. And But like, nothing like that would happen now. You would never not know what happens to Drew Barrymore in the first scene. When it happened, we were like, we didn't even know what to do with ourselves. Like we could not speak in the theater. And now that, that would be just... Uh, it's just hard to keep secrets these days. It's, it's amazing that you this that that's the second time you've made a scream reference. Um, on scream the is 
is my, I, I've, Scream is one of the greatest, like, that's sort of where I left popular culture. That was like the last time I did. <laughs> I think I tried Scream too, but after that, forget it. I, was, I, I just, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy Scream. I think it's brilliantly written. I think it's the most, I think it's self-aware. I think it plays on the tropes of a genre really well before that was easier to do. And I also think it had some of the most brilliant little tactical decisions about how a camera is on a five second delay. So if someone leaves the house, they could actually be outside in the television van at that point. As soon as you see them leave the house on the video on the monitor, if you remember the movie, they're all of a sudden right there and they're knocking on the door. It's so terrifying and so funny and so great. <laughs> it's funny. My, yeah, my scream. Maybe that was an unknown devotion of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned it not because I wanted to talk more about it. Um, because uh, I don't think scream any... too. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Did you want to do the oral history of scream? Oh yeah. Let's, let's go back to college. And uh, I was in my dorm room. We had a Papa John's on campus. Uh, have I told you about the dipping sauce that they have? Oh, sorry. Was I getting too off? No, oh, there was another God. movie that came out in, I want to say like fall of 97, it was like mm. some horror movie. It was like meant to be like someone had a camcorder. I can't remember. It's some other like thriller horror movie. And it was well, like, that, I remember that being like a big thing in college, but I, I don't like movies like that. So I didn't watch it. I definitely don't. But th that was um, the handheld one that everyone flipped out about was yeah. the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, uh, and, and that's another thing. I mean, to me, what's interesting about it now is more just that like people actually thought that was a real real footage yeah and and i think to me i'm sorry to repeat the plot of scream it's more how how that a secret could be kept and how an audience could go into um a, a number one blockbuster hollywood picture not knowing what to expect and to have those expectations turned on their head 10 minutes into it. And, and we just, and to me, I like not knowing something and it's, it's very hard to have that. Yeah. I mean, because I think marketing is too savvy at this point, right? It's like, they have to do the AM Reddit AMA before the movie comes out. And so you kind of like know what the gist of it, all of it is, or, mm. you know, the word of mouth now is Twitter on, for a movie right. or whatever. And back then it was like AOL keyword, whatever, you know, it wasn't going to get it done. <laughs> it's, it's funny though, but the, it, those movies, it's funny how certain movies will stick together, like no country for old men. Yeah. And, and, um, there will, there be, will blood. be blood. Yeah, yeah. They, those are just seem like almost mm. like the same. I don't know. They're so, attached in some way, and swings mm. and Goodwill Hunting for me mm. are attached in a, in a certain way. Where I think mm. about them together, weirdly, I don't know. But I, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. That's that's interesting. We should we should do a little deep dive. I, it would be funny to do a show sometime about like unexpected obsessions. So I'm sorry. Yes, Scream is mine. Maybe <laughs> like further back is like Van Halen for me. Uh, maybe you you we could think of what some are for you too. It, it could also be like odd actresses we had crushes on. I don't know. Is Elizabeth Shue or something you might not expect? <laughs> you know, or uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, it's our yeah. first show of 2021. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to, <laughs> to the, to the new year. I think it's, I think it's probably not going to be able to top 2020. 2020 <laughs> was pretty great. I, I mean, it's funny if you think you're talking about films that you remembered kind of clustered together, it's going to be really strange what we, how we look back on 2020. 
I feel like we're analyzing it so much in the moment as a culture, especially because we have social media and we were isolated, but I have a weird feeling that it it's going to be, I don't want to say misremembered. I just don't think we can predict how we'll remember it in a way because yeah. of just the nature of, I mean, we don't know what, where we as a culture and society will be in five years or 10 years. And I have a very strange feeling it's not going to be what it's like now. I mean, if you even think if you had actually kept a diary five months ago might seem incredibly different if you read that diary than how we look back on it. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I've thought about this too. I have sort of done a little bit of like personal record keeping of like the pandemic, just of weird things that have happened, like the mm. wipe, wiping down groceries thing. Mm. And, right. and um, I, I want to interview my in-laws and like people, you know, my family and just in sort of just capture that as a little bit of a time, personal time capsule, just because sure. it was, I, I think it's interesting the way that to your point, it's like a lot of this weird stuff has transpired and I'm sure we're going to look back at it and think, you know, I don't know, not sort of remember it accurately, um, right. it, which will be interesting. And I think, you know, it's, it's not like any of this stuff is really that groundbreaking, but it right. is, you know, it is a big departure from the norm and uh, I'm sure we'll shape like how the future is, you know, unknown mm. to us probably. Mm. You know, since it's the New Year's episode, we could talk a little bit about resolutions. Um, and it's funny you mentioned bring that up because I've been trying to, and I tried this last year and it failed miserably. And I'm off to a pretty clunky start already. <laughs> and it's what's today, the fourth or something? Um, I, there's this app called Day One, and it's like a journaling app. Mm. And I was trying to last year write something every day, just write something about what happened that day or the, mm. you know, a personal journal. And, um, it's hard to do, but it's pretty fun. You know, if I could stick with it, but I, I've, I've sort of managed to fight through it, but it's, it's not easy to keep that stuff up. And it's been four days. I mean, <laughs> what's your relationship with resolutions? Well, I, I think I, I, at some point I thought I was trying to be wiser by giving more broad resolutions that I now realize was just me not having to make a resolution. <laughs> so, so instead of it being like uh, something very specific, I would say broadly, you know, do this less, do this more. And, and it, and then, then I, I really said those things just to acknowledge that they existed in my life and I wanted to change them in some way. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, what works better for me, and this is, you know, suitably pretentious is I, I normally give myself one, one big book. That's a kind of a difficult book or theme for reading to do. And then if I, if I challenge myself to that, I say like this, I'm going to read some Charles Dickens, which I mean, I wouldn't do that necessarily otherwise. And then I, I, I make a point to do that or I'm going to read Henry James or I'm going to do something. And I, and I like doing that. I like giving myself something that then I can look forward to and even struggle with a little and, and sink into. It's like watching the Decalogue, that really wonderful Polish television, you know, it's 10 hours, one hour on each of the commandments, but it's, that makes it sound more intense than it is though. It's really bleak, but I think it's nice to kind of give yourself something to do like that, that you wouldn't do if you didn't kind of tell other people you were going to do it because then you knew you would have to. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to broadcast it too much because then you might have to commit to it. <laughs> of course. So it's like watching the wire or something, you know? So that's the old Dave. What's new yeah. Dave? What's I, I feel like I'm uh 
Hmm. You know, now that I know that certain people who listen to the podcast who are in my life, it's more difficult to speak freely about, <laughs> <laughs> about habits of mine that could possibly be improved upon. Uh, you know, you want to be more aware and more patient and all, all the kind of basic things. And I guess mostly I, I had this thought that most of my problems could be solved if I waited for 30 seconds. Like, everything what's that mean it means like if i if i snap at someone at any time but when we still were in public and you could get into an argument with somebody Mm -hmm. you know because like if i just waited 30 seconds i would the situation would calm down slightly like every bad thing i do is because i don't wait and it's it's like with strangers or with your with your friends I, i think it's probably all of the like everything like when you're in Jay Muser and you refuse to mask, yeah, I can you out. I'm I'm a big I'm big on masks. I, I just feel like when we look back on on arguments, speaking for myself, it never one out of a hundred I'm still mad at. But most of them, you're like that should that escalated beyond what it should have done. You've been listening to a free preview of Central Division, a podcast and newsletter between David Coggins and Michael Williams. To access all of our podcasts and all of our newsletters, visit centraldivision.substack.com. Thank you.